And hello once again, Cincinnati, Ohio, and the world. My name is Mike Cisneros, and you are watching and listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Uh, welcome everyone out there joining us on Periscope tonight. Uh, we certainly love all of our live viewers, and welcome to our broadcast. And I am joined tonight by the man who is synonymous with anonymous, the Gnarly Gnome from the thegnarlygnome.com. Gnome, good evening. Thank you very much. Still don't have something clever to say. <laughs> also, to my immediate left is the queen of Cincy Craft Beer Commentary, the one, the only, from Oakley Pub and Grill, Tina Cisneros. Tina, ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. Do you guys know why I say ahoy, ahoy? Yes, I do. I have no idea why. That could be an asked and answered okay. question. Uh, and to my immediate right is our social media director, also from Oakley Pub and Grill, Angie Cisneros. Angie, welcome to the show. What's cracking? Tina's or Angie's going to be uh, <laughs> Angie's going to be twi twiddling her fingers and thumbs <laughs> on all of the interwebs and the uh, multinets and the twitters and the facebooks and so forth. So uh, we invite anyone, and everyone out there listening or and or watching to send us something at Cincy Brewcast on Twitter. Uh, also, get our Cincy Brewcast Facebook page, and of course, you can respond directly on Periscope. Tonight, we have an incredibly, incredibly special show. Uh, we are joined tonight by uh, some great craft brewing professionals from here in Cincinnati. Uh, first of all, from uh, the Urban Artifact uh, Brewing Company in in, uh, in Northside, uh, we are joined by uh, head brewer, uh, co-founder and chief brewer. I try to get the thing right, the uh, the title right. It doesn't matter. Bre Brett Coleman Baker. Brett, good evening. Hello. Thanks Al for having me. Also from, and uh, also from uh, Urban Artifact, uh, we have assistant brewer Josh Elliott. Josh, good evening. Good evening. And joining us from Ohio Valley Hops is... Dave Volkman. Dave, welcome to Cincy Brewcast once again. It's great to be back. And for the first time on here, we have Dave's lovely wife, Nina Volkman. Nina, welcome to Cincy Brewcast. Thank you. Great to be here. And you ask yourself, you may be asking yourself if you weren't paying attention to social media today or looking on Facebook or anything like that, why do we have a hop grower and the brewers in the room at the same time. Well, of course, everybody knows that they collaborate and they do things together. And the the brewer really has to know the hop grower and has really has to know the hops that he's putting into his beer. They should, or they should anyway. But there's been a was a very very special collaboration between these two, uh, to these two great uh, craft brewing entities. Uh, and we've had both of you guys on our show. Uh, I think you guys at uh, at Urban Artifact were our second or third show, uh, and Dave, you were on with us uh, on our Hop show, which was somewhere in the middle. Of probably see, look probably at me like I just know episode, the number. Well, the you should know <laughs> episode twelve or something like that. <laughs> and what ha what happened is, well, why don't you guys tell the story, and and maybe you can you can pick it up from the beginning, uh, uh, Brett or Dave, with the idea. I mean, where was the genesis of this idea to? I think it was at uh, the Craft Beer Week Festival in February of last year that we met. I yeah. saw you at a booth, and we kind of hit it off and got your information, and one thing led to another, and our brewery actually opened, and then come August, we came out and went to your farm. Sound yep. about right? Yeah, we started talking back in February and up in Worcester. There was a, a joint conference of the Ohio Hop Growers and the Ohio Craft Brewing Association, and uh, we just kept up the cross talk about when the hops would be ready and when the kettles would be empty and so forth and 
Um, they came out and I suckered them into picking the hops so I didn't have to, but then they suckered me into coming down and dumping them into the, into the brew kettle. And he really humored sweat. us. He didn't suck us in anything. for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and what has come from that is, and that's why we called this program on Periscope the Blessed Union of Hops, because it was a union between Urban Artifact and Ohio Valley Hops with a fresh hopped Grand Crew is what you're calling it, and it, the name of it's Calliope. Uh, and we are going to preview it right here on Cincy Brewcast tonight, the first time we've ever done this, uh, before it drops in the tap room tomorrow night at, uh, at the uh, Northside Brewery. Is that correct? That's the plan. That's beautiful. Um, so right now, uh, we will root around. From the beer fridge. In the beer fridge, and look what we found. This delicious new fresh hopped. Now tell us a little bit about the Grand Crew sort of name, or the, uh, sort of the idea behind it, and so forth and so on. Sure. So that's that was really just kind of the um, the influence for where we wanted to start the the base beer for this beer. So we wanted it to be something big and yet light at the same time to kind of stand up to and showcase the hops. So we were thinking of something along the lines of a Grand Crew. So we Which start is a Belgian style for people out there that may not be familiar. Yeah, generally. Um, it's from more Belgian brewers. They're, they're kind of reserve or specialty product. So we start started with a base malt of that. Um, we used a lot of, uh, I believe, I don't remember what the base malt was. Anyway, we used a lot of it. Uh, and we can, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Enough to kind of push the ABV up into that uh, 8% range. Uh-huh. Uh, we threw in just enough adjunct malt to kind of add a little bit of complexity to the beer. But we really wanted the, the hops to shine through. So we added a little bit of bittering. I think 33% of the, the IBUs of this beer comes from first wort edition. And then the rest comes in the last 20 minutes of the boil. So we added 60 pounds of hops at one minute intervals for 20 minutes. Uh, not 60 pounds each minute, but we split it out. Now, did you use, uh, so you used other hops in addition to the fresh hops that were provided by Ohio, Ohio Valley? We used CO2 extract just for the bittering addition. Uh-huh. That way we cut down on the amount of hop matter. Because when you're putting in 60 pounds of fresh hop matter mm-hmm. into the boil kettle already, you don't need to add any more for and, bittering. And Dave, what was the variety? We did um, 20 pounds of Columbus, 20 pounds of Galena, 20 pounds of Cascade. And you provided that with with was that you know when we had you on the show Straight you said that Ohio. yeah you said that was that did that tax your supply of the rest of, of those hops or because I know we, we discussed that you yeah you know the Columbus it definitely did it was um, the, the weather was really weird this year it was really hot and dry in May and kind of cool and wet in June it did some weird things to the yield across um, the state. And um, as you, if you're following the hot news from Germany, Slovenia, the Pacific Northwest, everybody's had weird weather this year, and, and Ohio was no exception. So Cascade, we were fine. We ended up actually getting a second harvest at Cascade, which is just not something hops are right, supposed to do. Right. Um, and and we, we still got some Galena and Nugget, um, but the, the Columbus, that, that about tapped us out on that. Right, right. Well, cheers to everyone. Let's give it a shot. Cheers. It definitely has that nice wild funk to it when you smell it. But uh, oh yeah, we used it. I think that's pretty amazing. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Did uh, yeah, she's got. Uh, we got to take care of uh, Nancy back there while she's. Uh, this is. Um, oh, that's fantastic. And you know, this is something really a lot 
different than anything that I've had from you guys so far because what I've had mostly is kind of the Gozas and the, the, the Berliner Weiss. So those are more sour. And I know that when we talked to you the first time, you wanted to caution us to say, and not everything's going to be sour, and this is definitely not any kind, any way, shape, or form sour, but it does have that wild characteristic to it, that wild yeast. So what was the yeast? Was it, is it bread or? Was it bread B? Uh, yeah, I think we used Brett B, and we also used um, Belgian Abbey yeast as well. So we co-fermented the two and let it get to about 76 or so Fahrenheit mm -hmm. and uh, let it sit there for a while to kind of let that Brett come through and chew it out and dry out the beer. I mean, that's I mean, it really is just got Belgian written all over it, doesn't well, it's, it's it? It's I mean, real it's just, fruity, too. Yeah. It's fruity. You know, I'm, yeah, I yes. don't. I don't always like the spiciness that you get from a lot of Belgians, personally. I Same. Agree. And it's kind of it, gross. This, this, yeah. yeah, this comes. <laughs> this comes across <laughs> as more fruity and juicy, and that's you know, I, I like that. It's and and the bitterness. I, I don't know what I. I don't know what I expect. I guess you expect a, a fresh hop beer to be more, more bitter, but that's not really the case, <laughs> is it? Because the oils aren't as concentrated. Is that right? Well, it's the same amount of oils. It's just there's, I guess there's just more plant matter, so you get a lot more of those like green flavors, a lot more of that floral and perfume-like flavors, and that's why we kept it all to the last 20 minutes too of the boil, so you're not getting any of that like uh, cut, cut cabbage flavor or anything. Oh yeah. So talking about like the plant matter and the oils and that stuff, how how, how much of a pain was that on the brew system? <laughs> right. Yeah. It was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know even on a homebrew scale that's what I've always heard with people as soon as they go to 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 make fresh hot beers is not only does it suck all your beer up but then the cleanup afterwards is kind of a little bit of a pain in the ass. I think we spent the next week blowing out all the valves and oh. and taking and like I think we that's the first time we completely disassembled the brew house. Well, speaking for me, it was well worth it. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Dave was good. Dave was uh, working away, toiling away, throwing hops in the 20 minutes the whole time, sweating like crazy. We get done with that, and he leaves, and we think we're all set. Like, oh, this is that was great, great brew day, fantastic. <laughs> we start the transfer, and everything just gets clogged, and it turned into being like a 17-hour day, just trying to get all the beer out of the kettle, through the heat exchanger, and into the fermenter. I got out just in time. <laughs> <laughs> is that? I mean, I don't know. It, I think it's fantastic, but is that an advertisement sort of against, against using fresh hops, or does it is it's is just that advertisement for being smarter? Yeah, yeah, the, the, okay, bags. yeah, bag. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. Okay, all mistake. right, all right, like a tea bag. Yeah, 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 like a like a tea bag. It's already out of control. Why are you laughing? And she's not even she's not even drinking. Um, I, yeah, yeah. Um, so. What are some of the advantages of using the fresh hop? Just be just aside from the flavor and the and so forth. I mean, is there any that, that's, I that's mean, besides it being really one of the last seasonal beers available? That's that's really it. Yeah, that's it's just a, a lot of fun thing to do, and it was great for us uh, to hang out with Dave and Nina and, and see their farm. And they were kind enough to humor us and let us come and pick <laughs> pick some hops for right, half a day. Right. And then he brought in the, the machine and got it done um, in, a, <laughs> in a real man's way. And, <laughs> You gotta let you guys tear your hands up because from what he told us on the yeah. when he was on the show last time, they've got little spikes and things on them and can really, really uh, uh, tear your hands up. I guess. Yeah. Did you guys get torn up too bad in your arms? That wasn't too bad. No, okay. not really. We didn't work yeah. too too hard though. <laughs> Dave, um, it must be great to put your 
beer, your hops on a local beer, uh, after only a couple of years of, you know, being able to sell, uh, to be able to sell hops. I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a great testament to you and I guess in your product, wouldn't you think? Yeah, we, we've been looking forward to this. Uh, this is really our first year with uh, a, a harvest big enough to sell. And as we talked about when I was on the show, um, we, we wanted to line up a brewer who we really liked their product and be proud to be part of. And I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's not my beer, but we can, Nina and I can look at those and say, that's our hops. And I feel like, I don't know, like oh, a I proud know stepfather, stepmother. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, it's your beer, but I, 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 I salute you on a, a good beer there. It's, that's, uh, I'm very, I'm very happy. And I, I hope that other people around Cincinnati will drink this. And there've been a couple other fresh hops. Our friends from uh, Mankato Farms, Joey Pellegrino, Tom Haney, um, had Fresh 15 with their hops over at Mad Tree. Right. Um, our friends, the Kreitz from uh, Levanna Heights Hops, um, did uh, uh, 50 West, um, which uh, was Hoppy When Wet, which was just phenomenal, really hoppy, good, good beer. And I know there's been some others around, so what's, we're looking forward to other. What's the place over other, here in a, or I guess say over here? I'm, I live in Fairfield. What's the the um, the little place up there? Uh, Great Miami Hops is there in Fairfield. And I know Dogberry, Dogberry Brew, yeah. Wildfire with their hops. So there, there's there's been several around town, and we're really happy with that, and hope that other brewers will will do this and embrace it because the fresh hop beers are they are unique, and I, I really uh, I like the write up they had in in the in the wild pitch on the on the website there. It's the last true seasonal because. Dagon pumpkins have been out since August, and they'll be around for a while. Well, you know, pumpkin isn't, you know, to me, I think you probably wrote it in there too. It might have been another article where somebody said you can get pumpkin all year round. Like it's, it's, it kind of has lost something as being a seasonal now. It's, it's just what the seasonal is supposed to taste like. This is kind of a, a middle finger to that and say, no, oh, this, this is a seasonal <laughs> beer for the fall. And I, I, I appreciate that being who I am. Dave, do you ever see yourself brewing a like a custom crop or doing something just for one brewery, like say Urban Artifact comes to you and says, Well we want we want some X hop or or, or we want all of your, you know, centennial or whatever you know i mean do you ever envision that happening or and is that something you'd like to have happen i would i would i would certainly be happy if there was a brewer who wanted a particular variety but they'd have to understand that it might take two to three years to get the amount of hops they would need for a for a a brew and i I suspect a lot of us would one of the things that we've got to do in ohio wow the humanity (laughs) i'm trying to get another beer here and it's falling apart We, we, Since you went through the struggle, refill me too, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pass it around. We, we've got to, to figure out what hops grow the best in Ohio, and I, that's still a learning experience. We, we've got now um, 11 different varieties in the ground trying to figure out what's going to grow best. And we know that Cascade is phenomenal here in this part of Ohio. We know that Nugget does very, very well. Galena's good. Columbus is okay. We, um, we think Crystal's going to do real well. We had a good... Uh, crop off a of crystal this year but i've got another one santiam that i oh my gosh i'm i'm, I'm going to give it another year and then it's coming out and we're, we're trying centennial and um chinook and pacific gem this year we put them in about a month and a half ago and pacific gem is just vigorous so we'll we'll see we're, we're gonna keep playing around just like brewers experiment with how do i do it brewing this and do people want to buy that you got to have a you got to have a market for it but it also has to grow here and it's going to be a dance for a few years trying to figure out exactly what the balance is between what grows here, what brewers are looking for. If we grow something nobody wants, we're wasting our time. What, what advantage is it to have your 
fresh hop grower be so close? I mean, it, you know, Northside's d- downtown, and, but, you know, Mainville's only about 40-minute drive. Some of these guys seem like they've gone a little bit farther afield for, the, for their fresh hops. So what what's good about having these guys uh, so close to cl- so close to where you are? Well, I mean, half the beauty of it is we get to have moments like this where we get just to hang out with the people who supply us with great product and great hops. Uh, another part of it is we get to go out any really anytime we want and check out the crop, see how it's doing. Maybe Columbus is uh, smelling a little too garlicky this year, and we want to pull an audible and go with uh, more Galena instead. The, we have that luxury because they're right up the road from us. Too garlicky? I mean, that's 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 really interesting to me. I mean, right. is, is that, that a real thing? Is is it is it does it does that happen, and why, and what you know what? You'd have to talk to brewers. Our Columbus so far has just been dank and good, but um, I, I'm not saying it won't be won't be garlicky someday. Weird stuff happens. I mean, the the combination of the weather and your soil are, are going to make a huge difference year to year on on exactly what oils are concentrated and what it's taken up out of the ground in a year. Har- harvest time has a big impact too on that. Like um, something like Simcoe, that's a hop a lot of people say kind of uh, can smell like cat piss. Uh, and <laughs> so, uh, and that's all based on when, you know, what were the growing conditions that year and when was it harvested? And if you let it sit on the, the vine too long or the vine, excuse me, or if you harvest it too soon, you might have flavors that aren't necessarily what you're looking for. But if you have good, good weather, good soil conditions, you harvest at the right time, then you get something like Columbus where it's super dank and grapefruity, uh, and not garlicky or oniony. Well, again, let me just put this out there this beer is going to officially be released we were so proud to have you guys bring it to us tonight <laughs> uh we were so happy to have two stories that we featured here on cincy brewcast uh, earlier in the uh, season uh come together on on our program tonight um and you are going to be dropping this beer tomorrow night is there a particular time or just when the tap room opens just or, right when we open four o'clock uh, four o'clock at, at uh, the and give everybody the address and everything over there at the uh, tap room, so we so everybody knows uh, what to put in the GPS to get yeah. over there. Yeah, uh, 1662 Blue Rock Street, not road. Don't take you a different place, um, obviously. Anyway, 1662 Blue Rock Street. We're in Northside uh, at the old St. Patrick's Church. Um, ample parking both in front of and behind the church. So step on by. We open at four. And not only this special beer, but I think we're also going to get a hold of something else that you guys actually released last week too. Is that not uh, correct? Yeah, we can jump right into uh, Chariot on that on that wonderful transition. God knows if there's anything I know how to do, it's transition. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, while, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. While you're uh, while we're pouring that and we're getting that together, we're going to take ourselves a little break here on Cincy Brewcast. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi everybody, Mike Cisneros here, and as a craft beer lover, you want the same thing I do. The finest in handmade lagers, ales, and stouts. But do you take the time to think about whether the same care and attention has been given to the treats you feed your dog? Well, I'm here to tell you about Brewhouse Dog Bones, made from the same wholesome malted barley that you'll find in the delicious beers from many of Cincy's finest craft breweries. Brewhouse Dog Bones are handmade in small batches, using just three additional natural ingredients, peanut butter, organic eggs, and brown rice flour. So you know your best friend is enjoying almost the same great craft experience that you do. And Brewhouse Dog Bones are not only good for your dog, 
They're good for our community because they offer real-world training and a work co-op experience for developmentally disabled young adults ages 18 to 22 through the New Richmond, Sycamore, Marymount, and Oak Hill school districts. Brewhouse dog bones are available in the distinctive brown paper sacks with the red dog bone at some of Cincy's finest craft tap rooms, including Mount Carmel Brewing Company, Listerman Triple Digit Brewing in Cincinnati, and Old Firehouse Brewing in Williamsburg, and great pet stores like Newtown Feed and Supply and Earthwise Pet Supply in Montgomery. For more information about Brewhouse dog bones, to carry Brewhouse in your tap room or pet store, or to find out how your school district can participate in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, just contact Lisa Graham by visiting www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Um, I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest to be harvested. They're all out there and and. They don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't. You don't ever hear somebody say, "Yeah, I used to drink that craft brew crap," but I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You do not. The immortal wisdom of Dan Listerman here on Cincy Brewcast, and uh, again, we're with uh, Brett Coleman Baker and Josh Elliott from Urban Artifact, Dave and Nina Volkman from Ohio Valley Hops, and uh, before we move on to the next beer, which is the Chariot. Sour Cherry Goes, I just want to say that I believe that what we just had, which is going to be in the tap room tomorrow night, the Calliope, is as good, I mean, I think it's as, I think it's a world-class beer. I, I think it's just an absolute proof of the incredible world-class work that is being done on a regular basis by Cincinnati's craft brewers. It's not just you guys. Everybody's getting in the ball game. Everybody's got something good out there right now that can stand up with anything that I that I've ever had. So, and I think that the the Calliope is just that. I've never had I mean, anything like it. It's honestly. it's it's, ext- it's you know, and it, I granted I haven't been around the country as much as I probably should have drinking beer, but I've never tasted anything like that before. Yeah. It's unlike anything. I mean, I've the ever only had. thing even remotely is, is some stuff that is stuff that I was fortunate when I was in Belgium. I was fortunate to have some things in Belgium that were similar, but not the same. And it defi- and you know, and one of the things I like about you guys too is that you defy style. I mean, there's no, it's not really a style. I mean, you can't say, well, it's a Belgian or it's a triple or it's a double or it's you know this or that or the other. And it's that's really, okay, isn't it, it Mike? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, what I like is that I can. That's what I like about you guys too is that I can go and have a beer that I've never, that's unlike anything I've ever had. Finn is one of my favorite beers in town, and it's just, you can't get anything like it. Gnome and I argue all the time about style, but you could brew a, you could brew a flat out, I, you know, regular IPA if you wanted to, run of the mill IPA if you wanted to, couldn't you? Mm. No, you don't think so? <laughs> Why not? Are you, are you too, you're too ingrained oh, in doing things the way you want to do, or? I don't know, why, why bother? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't see a point to it. We're we're doing stuff we love doing, and we're having fun doing. And um, I'm, I don't know. Just brewing just a, a normal IPA doesn't sound like something that would be fun for us to do. You can get dozens of those around here. Much right. better ones than we could probably do too. So yeah. we 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 like that wild yeast. We like that funk. We like uh, the tart beers and the lactobacillus and the pediococcus and all those crazy organisms and all the um, unknown and uncharted water so to speak um in the brewing industry and it's it's all right there and it's just it's great to be able to do that every single day and, and if it's it, it gives it gives the brewery personality too which i think some of the other breweries around town 
there's there's some of them that struggle for a real personality. They've got a brand and an image, but there's there's no personality behind it because they just do this style of beer that 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 anybody can kind of do. You know, so I I appreciate it a lot, and uh, you know it. It, I, I'm sure that it's been a, a little rough trying to transition some of the people around Cincinnati and get their heads wrapped around it. But, you know, Jolly Pumpkin had the same thing where people thought they were crazy when they started. And then now everybody loves them. And they, you know, are known not only around the country, but, you know, beyond. So I, I think it, it it can only mean good things when well, you kind of branch out. And, and again, um, it's, it's, it, it's to me, it's world-class work. So right. keep no, so keep it up. Thank you. you know. Yeah. So you. Um, and now, with that being said, we are going to go to your beer that you released last Tuesday, which is uh, a, Tell us about this and how it differs from from uh, um, 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 your uh, No, the, Harrow? Uh, well, the Harrow. Yes, the original the original recipe. This is it, it, again. You told us in your interview that you were going to use that as a basis for a lot of different stuff. Is that hold true? Is that hold true with this as well? Yeah. (laughs) As I said before we started, this is semi-professional. There's a lot going on on this table. (laughs) You, you four across the table from us are pros of what you do. We're just, you know, dilettantes. Drunks with microphones. Drunks with microphones. (laughs) Oh, that's my favorite kind of drunks. (laughs) Um, so the, the chariot, uh, I guess let me back up. So our Goza line, what we decided to do is scale back Harrow, keep it only tap room. Um, so our traditional Goza won't be going out into distribution anymore. And then what we're going to be doing is a different seasonal Goza every season. So and next summer, Key Punch will be back out, which are Key Lime Goza. Uh, in the fall, we have we're actually have Chariot, and in the tap room, we're we're piloting a um, uh, a pumpkin spice goza as well that's it's more like apple pie than anything which is fantastic another reason to come um anyway I, after that spiel uh the, this so this one's our cherry one and the recipe we tweak it based on the fruit a little bit so this one we upped the abv just a hair we made the color uh kind of more like uh fall like i guess you could say yeah exactly and, and we upped the salt just a little bit to kind of give it like that um bread crust um or like uh pie crust like flavor and then we used 1,200 pounds of cherries, sour cherries. Wow. <laughs> uh, in a 30-barrel batch, that is. So just over a... I don't, I don't know what that is. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a metric shit ton. Yeah. So, <laughs> more than a pound per gallon. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, what, it's really, really good. What I, what I loved so much about the, the, the Key Punch was that, that, that crusty... It tasted like key lime pie. You know, whereas I always have that gripe with, with Nellie's that it didn't taste enough like key lime pie to me, which I love. And this kind of sits right there with me, too. This is, I'm a really happy gnome right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it turned out pretty good. I think next year we'll, we might punch up the cherries just a little bit more. Um, but Yeah, uh, to me, I'm getting like the tartness, but not so much like a cherry flavor, which is good because I don't like cherries. So. And anyway, that sorry. works out then. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And I really love cherries, and so I'm, I might be missing it a little bit, but I, overall, it's clean and crisp and drinkable, and it's not too sour, mm-hmm. and it's just got that it's it's got that tart flavor. Uh, it's got a like you were saying, it's got a beautiful color. It's it's a it's a it's a reddish gold, which you can't get anymore. 
fall like than 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 the color of this beer i think it's beautiful and it drinks really well i mean it's very drinkable you're not gonna you know you you won't get tired of this one if just after one or two you you can continue to drink it i you know i think the cherries sit perfect on it for me i i kind of different than you I, I i i don't like cherries all that much especially in in a lot of drinks i think sometimes it comes out tasting they, like we talked about it a little bit i think last week yeah, it tastes like cough yeah, syrup yeah and it, this is it, you know, you get that 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 tartness more than that thick syrupy kind of cherry. Right. Yeah. It's it's like it's it's brighter. Well, that's good. That's some of the beauty, and I guess some of the the double edged sword of using only the real deal is you need way more to get that really intense cherry flavor. So right. we, I mean, we over doubled the cost of the beer just in cherries for this beer. So and but we don't use any artificial flavors or extracts or any of that crap. Um, because it, it tastes right. artificial, right. so we don't yeah. use it, but at the cost of not having as much top note as some people are used to. Well, and again, the experience, because what I am getting now, after drinking almost a full flight glass of it, what I'm getting now is kind of the aftertaste that I get after I eat cherry pie. Which is kind of, and I can't describe it. I mean, I don't know if anybody else gets the same. I know what you're talking about aftertaste that I do, but but that that's what it's like. It's like a lingering like tartness. Yes, yeah. I'm I'm definitely getting that little bit of pie crust too, and Mm -hmm. um, like a real good homemade pie crust on there, and I'm not getting any of that nasty artificial stuff because we've all had fruit beers, and I'm not a fruit beer fan because so many people use artificials where. I've had some cherry beers. I might as well have been drinking Formula 44. They're just awful. But this <laughs> this is... That must be what Gnome's mom made him dr- uh, drink when he was just, sick, when he was a kid. Man, I you know, this tastes real. Yeah, and that's it does the, taste that's real. the only way to put it, is that it just tastes real, and that's tastes really good. Yeah. Real and clean, and as it warms, it gets it, it change. You know, it changes again. I I like I like it really cold, but as it warms, it gets another different change in character and now almost like maybe a butter a little bit of butter or mm-hmm. a little bit of uh and i think that's what dave uh, i don't was taste saying butter well i was saying as far as the pie crust not quality. butter but it's it's uh, i i know what you're saying but it's i, w- I wouldn't the, call it butter yeah. savory maybe yeah yeah the, that kind of that's um, fair. I think that's butter, right. butter. Tender and flaky? Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's Harry Potter, butter beer does not belong in the craft beer industry. All right. Well, we'll let uh, the wheels fall now off. We have, <laughs> now, 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 it's it's homebrew month. We've kind of we've kind of stopped homebrew month. Kind of, we had some homebrewers on last week, but from both of the guys that we had, Adam Stone and Shane Brammer. Um, and anybody can jump in on this at once too. They told us last week that the one of the biggest unsolved mystery that they had, unsolved mysteries that they had about brewing, was hop hop addition, and when to add it, and how much to add, and you know how long to leave it in, and all that kind of stuff. And they said there's 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 guides on the internet that you can look at to roughly get an idea, and and, and there's books that give some idea about it. Is there anything that you guys can throw out there for homebrewers that, that maybe uh, would be a, a tip or something about how you guys do things that might be able to be duplicated at home by a homebrewer? Well, Finn um, has a really intense and uh, like fruit-forward hop flavor, and it's all because it's late-edition hops. The longer you leave hops in the boil, the more flavor is going to be volatilized off. Yeah, so push it all towards the end of the boil. 
do like up to a third of your IBUs. Um, I like first wort better because you get better utilization, which means you can use less. Um, but you could do 60 minute if you want. Um, and then wait until the end, wait till the last 15 minutes and then just hot burst and you're going to get the best flavor that way. Uh, and it's really going to come through nice and bright and crisp. And we don't, I think we have one beer where we do a 30 minute addition on, and I don't really even know why we do it. It's maybe leftover dogma from our home brewing days, but, um, push it to the end. And if you want the bitterness, just keep it at the beginning and don't put anything at the end. Um, and it's really like, that's it. You don't need to do this stuff in the middle. It's, you're just cheating yourself both ways when you do it in the middle and you're really not getting anything great. Either, either leave it in or, or, or don't leave it in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. But it's, you know, it, I think it depends on, on what kind of beer you're looking forward to. If you want some of those big, you know, kind of bitter IPAs, then, then maybe, you know, stick more towards the, the beginning. But just experiment. I think that's the, I think that's what we're learning from, right from Homebrew Month. Yes. Just, just, totally just try much. shit and, and, and take notes. I think that's what a, a lot of new homebrewers... <laughs> fail on is is keeping track of what they did you know right. sometimes they'll just you know throw something in and then not pay attention to it and to replicate that later on or fix it later on you have to know what exactly you did so take notes and learn from your experiments speaking of uh home brewing i think my beer is dead you killed it <laughs> i think it's i think it's resting in peace in a bucket in my kitchen <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. Drink it. I thought you said it was going to be ready to bottle. It's going to be ready to bottle. It's not bottled yet, but I'm just worried because I I feel like nothing's happening. Well, that's, you know, your your fermentation will slow down and sometimes it looks like it's I don't see any bubbles at all. That's what I'm saying. That's okay. Just have faith. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Try it. Yeah. I tried it. I tried it on, on Wednesday when I threw in the dry hops, but... One time, it uh, okay. Josh threw a, uh, a blanket over his head, and he got really scared because he thought the world around him stopped. <laughs> we had to reassure him. Even though he couldn't see it, it was still here. <laughs> so he, t- he took that blanket off, and what do you know? There's a sound bite. What, what, about, 30, about 34 minutes in. We'll, we'll be lopping that off and playing that on future programs. You can, you can bet on that. Dave, I know you said you were interested in doing uh, in, in serving the homebrewing community. Do you have anything left out out at the out at the farm or do you have anything that you've we've got a little bit but i, I i've got to talk to, to to josh and brett some more because they they were interested in buying more we just we're just waiting to go up and get it pelletized at one of our uh, one of our friends who's got a pellet pelletizing outfit uh-huh. just haven't done it yet it's still sitting in the freezer um we do have some friends and, and uh you know i, I want to be clear that there's a there are quite a few people around here growing um, here in, in just in Claremont County, um, there's down at Valley View Foundation. Some some people may be familiar with that down in Milford. They got about an acre of hops down there. A um, couple fellas from the Cincinnati area are growing hops down there. There's a fellow Mike Benoski up here in Batavia that's got hops growing. Um, the guys over in Fairfield we mentioned before, Zach, uh, and then uh, up towards Jamestown, Ohio. There's Spanky's hops. Spring Valley is Little Miami Hop Farm. Um, some of you who, who are listening may know Jeff Parker. He's kind of in the beer scene here in Cincinnati. He and a partner have a farm up in Bell Center, Ohio. So there are quite a few. And I think as this builds and as we all expand, because this year I think everybody did more hops. We, Nina and I just finished planting 200 more plants here about a month and a half ago. We're going to grow with this, and um, certainly home brewers are going to um, be in our market. We did have a club come out and visit our farm here first part of august 
it's a lot of interest in that. And so we, we'll be happy to do that at some point here. But our, our first priority here is um, to, to get our, our hops and some of our local craft beers. Nina, how did a nice girl like you get dragged into this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here now thinking that. <laughs> well, it, but in our in our interview before with in our interview with Dave, he said he said that she was actually the one that turned you on to craft beer, or was it? I can't remember. No, she Nina didn't drink beer. No, did you not. didn't drink beer. That's right. Drink. That's right. Yes. Because all she'd ever had before was Bud Light or Miller Light. And, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and what was what do you, was do you, do you, do you really like beer now? <laughs> okay? I do. I like craft beer. Good, because it has personality. Mm -hmm. And what was the first one that he ever? Oh, that's th like that you, that two thousand beers ago. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Well, what's your favorite? Well, what's your favorite? Yeah. What's oh, your... I'm a Belgian person. Yeah. And so for this to be a Belgian and a Grand Cru, I'm excited. Yeah, it's very, it, yes. it is very good, world class. Yes. Like I said, you know, about about the only thing that I can describe of the of the of the Calliope is is something that we, you know, things that we've that I've had in Belgium before. So, um, we have something else, and we're really excited to try this because it's something that that's been kind of a. It's it's been kind of a journey for you guys, has it not? To, yes. To, uh, Unfortunately, <laughs> it was uh, it was supposed to be one of your flagship styles. And to just give us, do you, have, do you have a story or something that you can tell us about? Story. Uh, it's it's really more just disappointment on disappointment <laughs> on disappointment. So this is the Kentucky Common, the Maze. Yes. So yes. We, we brewed this beer. Um, we had a yeast in mind. It worked well on the the five gallon scale. We scaled it up, and then it didn't work well. So we just assumed it was our process that went wrong the first time. It just didn't. The yeast didn't finish. It produced some weird off flavors. Didn't taste good. So we dumped 30 ba 30 barrels down the drain. 930 gallons or 60 kegs. A lot of money gone. Yeah. So we brewed it again. Uh, we thought, okay, we'll just be more sanitized. We'll make a bigger starter. We'll take better control of the starter. We'll pitch this, we'll over-oxygenate. We're really gonna do this up good. So we made 60 barrels and uh, that didn't turn out either. So uh, we dumped all that down the drain. So, so you, double, you doubled down and you still came up snake eyes, yes. if you will. So now we're over three, uh, 90 barrels down the drain, which uh, cost us like $18,000. Um, so we decided, let's uh, take a step back and do this on the pilot system and get it right. So we did it on the pilot system. We tweaked the recipe a little bit. Uh, it came out tasting uh, close to what we wanted it. Still not quite the same as when we were piloting it. Uh, so we decided, okay, let's just go for it again. And we made a couple tweaks, <laughs> brewed 30 barrels, and then it came out pretty good. Uh, so this is what you got now. So it's 70% uh, barley, 20% corn, 10% rye, uh, basically an inverted bourbon recipe. Uh -huh. And uh, fermented with um, 007, dry English yeast. And oh, I that's see. it. Yeah, we, we so we did, uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. It's partially soured. It was a two-stage fermentation like most of our beers. It smells kind of like a bourbon mash, which I guess is probably the corn. Um, yes. Yeah, that yeah. corn really comes through. That is... It tastes bourbon-y to me. That is Not that I know what a bourbon mash smells like. That is unique. Can we have a couple glasses, please? Oh, yeah. Yeah, give them some spare glasses. You gotta say that for the tax man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what a bourbon mash smells like. I, I, Gee, don't tell me what you're doing at home. No, they, they've had this on tap down at Cappy's Thank in you. Loveland for several weeks now, and um, Nina and I have, we, we're Thursday night pint night people down there, 
And I, I usually like to try something new, and I had this again last Thursday night because it's that good. It's just a easy drinking beer. Great, really thanks. nice. Yeah, and that's all oh, we're wow. going for. We're yeah. not. It's not going to necessarily blow your socks off, but we want something that you can have and be like, "This is great. I want to drink six of these," which I don't advise. Um, you don't. <laughs> What's the ABV on that on this bad boy? Uh, it's like five, five, four. Yeah, it's not. It's not very so, high. It's not that big. Yeah. So you can drink six of them. Someone could. Yeah. One can. <laughs> yes. I will. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe Tina. Probably Tina. Um, it's easy. It's 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 easy drinking. I like it. I like the spice. It's got the little rye spice in it. It's it's. There's almost like a cola quality to it too. Like it's um, it's the color of of diluted cola. Like if you leave yeah, like if you ice leave cubes in, in, your, uh, ice, in, yeah. in, in a thing and, and get it yeah or fill up take it take a bottle of coke and drink it about three quarters of the way down and then fill it the rest of the way with water. Yeah. It's got real nice little bubbles in it, uh, which I really like. Um, one thing we found that's interesting with a lot of our beers. Uh, What's so damn funny? <laughs> <laughs> He's making fun of the fact that I like the little bubbles that are in it. Can I like little bubbles? Just, I'm surprised at how stupid you are. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> oh, you had something. I thought you were. I thought you were going to say uh, something. Uh, I mean. Well, Dead so, air is the bane of you know podcasting. So Internet, we can when, edit it right out. <laughs> when we first opened, um, I gave our bartenders a lot of shit about our glassware, like all the time. Like I've made them rewash every piece of glassware more than once, which they probably hated. Which I, I say they, you sound like a joy to work for. Yeah, <laughs> it's important. It's important to set high expectations from the get go. So I was all on them because we were getting what I thought was not good head retention, which it really isn't the greatest. So. Uh, I was getting all on them for not having clean glassware. Well, you know, a little bit more research and persistence later, I find out that actually having lower pH actually kills head retention in these beers. So it wasn't the fact that our glassware was soapy, which I thought they were doing a bad job of cleaning it, which they're actually doing a fantastic job. Um, <laughs> shout out actually, to the bar staff. <laughs> shout out, yeah, shout out to the It's bar actually staff. because the, the pH of our most of our beers are around that 4.0 or lower range. So... It kind of uh, it mucks with that head retention. Okay, all right, that's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. Uh, There's lots of Don Ho shout-outs on Periscope right now too. By the way, thank you for that. Oh, for the <laughs> tiny, tiny bubbles. bubbles. Tiny bubbles. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in my glass. I'd love some more. Where is it? <laughs> this is it's, really oh, it's good. right here. It's oh, this one. But you can send that that's one this the, way uh, too. I'm gonna drink more of the okay. chariot. <laughs> yes. This, <laughs> the best way I can describe this is that like. I just I keep every time I sip it I, I it, it keeps interesting me if that makes any sense like I I, I keep getting kind of lost in it and, and finding new things and new flavors and new little um, nuances to it it's 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 really interesting. I was scared I was scared of it because I was scared of corn and I was and worried that it was going to taste well, it, like that's it's, corn. It's got a little bit and of that. It's it's got I don't think you know so. but you know adjuncts in brewing are not a bad thing and i think that's important to to tell people that they, there are good beers with rice in them there are good beers with corn in them there are you know that that's not a bad thing it's just been done in a bad way by some really big brewers i mean i think there's this is not miller light that's what right. i was ex- i was expecting corn. miller light i mean i wasn't expecting miller light <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah and i think right. a lot of it goes to brewing in the style and you know when you're drinking in the style and you say i'm comparing this style within itself and not to something else. I've had a few Kentucky Commons, which a few of the Lexington breweries have tried, and they're good. 
It's hmm. just something we're not used to. And corn, because of the of, of the macro brews, has got a bad name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I you know, but I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I'm absolutely. happy. It's good. I think this is very different than some of the Kentucky Commons that I've had, in that it doesn't have that sour mash, which I think you can taste right off of the bat a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, be, be I guess using the right yeast. From, from the it's a good segue to a little homebrew point. Uh, if you're doing some sour mash stuff, stop doing it in your kettle because it's a bad place to do it. So all you homebrewers out there, you have carboys, sour mash in your carboy. Run off, mash like normal, sparge like normal, run off into your boil kettle, pasteurize that stuff, cool it down, get it into your carboy, then add your lacto. That way you keep the oxygen out, you can keep the temperature much more controlled because then you can put it in your little thermometer box or whatever you got. And then it's way more consistent, too, from back to batch to batch. That way you're not just throwing it in your kettle or leaving it in your mash, and there's getting oxygen in it, which causes flavors like vomit and cheese and uh, baby diarrhea and what all that gross stuff. So, I've tasted all of those. It's, it's nasty. Um, so so put, it, put it in a carboy. Get it out of the kettle. The kettle's for boiling in. The mash is for making a mash in. It's not for fermenting in. Don't so, inoculate with grain. Write that down. Yeah, don't inoculate with grain either because you're never going to repeat that consistently. Right. Which is fine, I guess. On the, whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, just, just try something. Well, we're going to do something right here. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. We'll do a little business uh, here on Cincy Brewcast. We're with Brett and Josh from Urban Artifact, and Dave and Nina from Ohio Valley Hops. We'll be back with more Cincy Brewcast. The voice of Simpsons, since the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> the voice of Cincy Craft. I'm going to edit that one out right after you this. Not. Nailed it. It may be summer, but that just means it's the right time to start thinking about the uniform needs for your fall and winter sports teams. Whether it's new embroidered gear bags for your volleyball club, silk-screened warm-up hoodies for fall baseball, or a hot new look for your basketball team, Eastgate Custom Graphics can work with you to capture your team's unique style. Eastgate Custom Graphics team design experts can help you to stand out from your competitors, and with great brands like Nike, Port Authority, Hanes, and more, ECG has the names your players want to wear. It's also not too early to think about back to school, and ECG has all your spirit wear needs. We have gear from many of the East Side schools, and if you don't see it, just ask, and Eastgate Custom Graphics will design it for you. Eastgate Custom Graphics is located at 4459 Mount Carmel Tabasco Road, right next to St. Veronica. Talk to Don Hall or any of the design pros at ECG at 513-528-7944 or visit www.ecgraphicswithanx.com and customize your look today. Eastgate Custom Graphics, the official imprinting and apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast. We get to come in, we get to create beers that we want, and I get to drink at work. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette from Blank Slate Brewing in Cincinnati, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Mike Cisneros back here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft, and we've got one more beer to get to out of the beer fridge from the guys at Urban Artifact, uh, always uh, happy to be joined by and honored to be joined uh, by Brett Coleman-Baker, the co-founder and chief brewer, and also Josh Elliott, the assistant brewer at Urban Artifact. We're also joined by uh, Dave Volkman and Nina Volkman of Ohio Valley Hops. And uh, just to reiterate, earlier in the show, and we've been continuing to drink it throughout, is the Calliope Fresh Hop with Ohio Valley Hops. Grand Cru style, sort of a Belgian nod to a lot of the great Belgian styles, and that is dropping in the tap room. The tap room 
uh, over on Blue Rock Street in Northside at Urban Artifact, the old St. Patrick's Church. Uh, opens at 4 p.m. It'll be on tap then. Uh, and that will be the official release, but we are so proud and honored to have uh, Brett and uh, everybody over at Urban Artifact uh, consent to coming over and previewing it with us tonight here on Cincy Brewcast. We have one more Urban Artifact. This is a special, uh, this is a special surprise for us. This is the Hearth, Hearth Wild Dark Ale. And uh, Brett, Josh, tell us a little bit about the. So Hearth Wild Dark Ale. First to clarify, Josh isn't actually the assistant brewer. He's the, the lead brewer. He does he does like all the work. I just kind of sit and just tell him what to do, and then <laughs> I just laze about and, and do paperwork and crap. Josh does all the work. Um, so anyway, this this beer, speaking of adjuncts, has uh, a lot of them. It's got <laughs> it's got thirty percent um, unmalted oats in there. Oh yeah, um, and then we use uh, a healthy pitcho of of bread tannomyces as well, and we let the temperature get up to like eighty two degrees Fahrenheit and really push like those berry fruit flavors forward. Um, it had a little bit of a cola note for me too at the the beginning, and it's it's just now starting to get a little bit funkier um, in the aroma, but it, in a good way. Um, what else you got on it? Uh, it is the uh, analog of clothesline. So our clothesline is Pilsner and Rye. Uh, this is Oats and Marisotter. Awesome. I love this one. This is one of my favorite ones that they um, that you guys make. It, uh, it you know, I, I think I said this before we did, we're on the air, but I think it tastes like a wild beer is supposed to taste. It tastes earthy and kind of mm-hmm. tastes, you know, like the wild yeah <laughs> and that's the only way i can describe I it is it <laughs> no i know exactly like what you wild. mean it tastes like i like i feel like i should be like like i should have this like in my camel back like exactly going on yeah, ahead, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> or sitting around the, the, the fire pit outside the brewery yeah. there you know it's it, it just tastes it tastes right you know for being outside plum and prune mm-hmm. is is to me, that's a, a lot. That's a better a way to word it than taste wild. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes it like tastes, nature. It tastes like the earth. <laughs> tastes like plants and things. What was that? <laughs> you know, like how a, like a fall night smells. That's yeah. how it tastes. Yeah. And this is the kind of wild that'll that'll turn an, a, a non-wild drinker into a wild drinker. Nina and I uh, were pouring down at Cincy Beer Fest here on Fountain Square in the rain, and um, when people were coming up, yeah. we were on the Cavalier truck, and we had a, you know 15 beers to pour. And when people come up, like, what do you like? And we were we were really pushing this one because it's so freaking good. And people would just drink this go, oh, my God. I've never had a, a sour before. I've never had a tart, never had a wild, whatever their terminology was. And they were really turned on by this beer right here. I yep. want to taste it in a barrel. Oh, you'll be able to do that. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> we got we got some stuff, some fun stuff right. coming. And this, so this, really, the, the whole... Um, impetus for this beer was to have a dark base sour beer so this is our dark sour base and then we have clothesline which is our light sour base and so pretty much 90 percent of the things up for us that's going to go into barrels is either going to be hearth or clothesline uh, and then we'll use those in different amounts to blend either together or with themselves or with fruit or whatever and then that way you can hit a huge range of different flavors mm-hmm. by having those two beers mm-hmm. man I do like this very much. It's 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 very different. Um, the oats is evident. You mentioned cola. I get a. You're right. I get a. I get a. I get a cola flavor in it. Um, so you have 
you'll have you'll be you'll be starting with the calliope tomorrow you have the maze you have the chariot you have the hearth and what else can we what else is on down there still we got a pumpkin beer that has been our pumpkin beer yeah goza Mm -hmm. um we got a chocolate beer that has been the most divisive beer we've made yet (laughs) (laughs) much to josh's chagrin um big chocolate fan over here yeah Uh but we went we went down to maverick and uh bought uh, a whole lot of their nibs and we put in a pound per barrel of (laughs) cocoa nibs uh or cacao nibs if that's that's how you get down um so we put that much in per per barrel, which is just a ton, and it's um it's not like chocolate like a chocolate bar. It's like it's like um well I don't know nibs like more so. like dry more like dry <laughs> cocoa like maybe a dry cocoa flavor like the know, essence of chocolate essence like of the chocolate. epitome of chocolate yeah so yeah. that that being the case, a lot of people try it and they're like I don't know what to think about this um <laughs> but <laughs> uh, you know that's <laughs> that's just how it goes. So uh, anyway, it's really good. You should come down and try it. And then if you don't like it, you can yell at Josh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or you can just drink something else. We got because the last so much down there that's delicious. And the last of Hippodrome's <laughs> on tap now too. I think we have two kegs left: the one that's on tap, and then one more, which is our wild double IPA. And then that will be gone for the year. And that's awesome. it. Awesome. Sounds good, man. I wish you, I should have told you to bring all that. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just going to have to go Sounds down like there. we should have just done so, the show yeah, from the brewery. We should have done the show down there. But anyway, we, we discussed that. We felt this was the best uh, the best tack that we could take. Uh, we've tried everything. So we've been uh, we've been through. Uh, we've been... Uh, from the beer fridge. <laughs> <laughs> we've crawled around inside the fridge. That and, might have uh, been the longest we can, uh, <laughs> from the beer fridge segment ever. No, yeah, I heard but, you, uh, you, you composed all that beautiful music. I, I, I yes I did sort of. <laughs> our, uh, our, our 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 theme song is called the gnome sneak. That's a nice it's theme like song. A sneaky little sneaky little gnome yeah. sneaking around. Are there words to it? Gnoming around. around. There are no words to it, but I should put words to it. You should put words to it. <laughs> Could you make up words right now? <laughs> Fire it up. Let's <laughs> All right, listen. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come right back, and then we've got this week in beer, and it's been a big week in this week in beer, especially one subject, and uh, we're gonna kind of champion and do a couple of things uh, right after this. Uh, you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey, we just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. You can also subscribe to the show on some of your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud. Just search Mike at Cincy Brewcast and search Cincy Brewcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast. Be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. A brand new way to interact, you can leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send us an email at cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with the voice of Cincy Craft, Cincy Brewcast. I look at, I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a, you know, a forest and harvester. They're all out there, and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't, you don't ever hear somebody say, yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You don't. 
You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Time for Twib Notes, or as we call it here on Cincy Brewcast. This Week in Beer. So hopefully everybody... Twib. Twib. <laughs> Where are your glasses? What? What? Huh? Twib. It's Twib. Twib. This Week in Beer. This Week in Beer. This Week in Baseball. That's, that's this just funny. Twib. I like it. Twib. I've never heard Jesus. it. It's like fanfare. Hey, are, are you doing anything over there? How many of you had again? One of each. She's had one of each beer, but a, a ton of Oxycontin. <laughs> She's coming off of a I am coming off of, yeah, homecoming. So. Uh, listen, uh, you know, uh, it was a firestorm. It came down uh, over the uh, internet and um, on the uh, various social media platforms uh, late last week. And that was the... Uh, testimony from Miller Coors Incorporated international worldwide conglomerate beer sort of beer manufacturer uh, against uh, House Bill 68 which if you if you don't know is the measure that's uh, in the House of Representatives Ohio House of Representatives right now uh, aiming to raise the ABV the alcohol by volume for beers both brewed and sold in the state of Ohio from 12% to 21%. And uh, first I want to ask the brewers, and of course Dave and Nina, you guys can jump in, jump in on this as well. What would be the main advantage for Urban Artifact and the rest of the Cincinnati and Ohio craft brewers to be able to brew above 12% ABV? It's just a box. That's all, that's all that is. It's just another box that to stay inside of. Uh-huh. So it it it, it I mean, right I now 12% limits your creativity you think? No, really. I mean, I don't I mean, I don't personally feel the need to brew a 20% beer. Uh-huh. Like it's <laughs> at what at what point does it become too much and not taste good that's anymore? That's what I'm saying. I think that 20 that's excessive. It just seems excessive. Well, I mean, it, but, but I guess it, it does open that freedom up. And and really like we've all agreed to capitalism and I can't say I blame Miller Coors for taking that that point of view. Um, but it, it makes them look very bad though. That's, you know, I, if, if macro beer ever wants to, to succeed in the level that I think they do, they've got to do something different than what they've been doing. And I think kind of becoming craft a little bit, you know, you know, Pabst is opening you know, a, a craft brewery in their original location that is going to be small batches of, what they consider craft beer, and I think everybody who tastes it probably is. You know, it's probably really good beer. Why, why can't Anheuser Busch and why can't Miller kind of embrace that whole philosophy and just let go of what they've been doing and and do things differently? So are you saying that, that that Anheuser Busch is going to brew a twenty one percent beer? Or uh, why like, why wouldn't they? I, I don't why know. wouldn't they try it? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they go? Yeah. Why why wouldn't they? Bourbon kind of stout. Yeah. I mean it. it 
So, so. It absolutely, it absolutely like means you should. I just thought it was <laughs> breathtakingly insincere actually, for them to do that. To, 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 to do that. Because it's like, like Josh said, it's a box. So if, if a few breweries brew a 13 or a 14 because that's what it works out to, so what? I mean, I'm not a fan of the one beer buzz, which is what you get off of the 14% beer. I'd rather have two beers and catch the two beer buzz or the three beer buzz, but it just, uh, it just, ugh. It's, it's, not te- it's not telling brewers that you have to brew every beer at 21%. It's just saying if you want to screw around and make something different that kind of falls more in lines with, with spirits or something like that, you can. And it's like, why, why as, as, a, as a beer community, wouldn't people want the ability to experiment? You it, know? It, it does sound slimy. I think it is far worse if um, our representatives take what they said and like oh of course my constituents can't tell a difference between beer and wine exactly that yeah, is yeah. far worse like i don't really care what miller Coors does like people vote with their money right but if the representatives like see logic and in, in their reasoning that's that's more way worse of a problem right it was an edification somewhat going to the miller Coors website this afternoon while i was preparing for the show they i guess they also own or have something to do with lining kugels are, are they are they trying to protect that sort of their sort of crafty brand by you know trying they, to limit they the rest can protect of that garbage all they want? That <laughs> now come on, there are some people that feel that that their beers are something of a gateway. What and do help they have? People. They've got they've got like their sort of like reserve line. Do you know what I'm talking about? I like how the nutside brown is a gateway to eating plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for the unvarnished uh, opinion on Linus Kugel. But there was a day and an age when Linus was pretty good beer. And and now if but, you... But if we passed that day. Yeah, it, well, we're, we're, we're beyond that. Well, well I just remember it, like like in college, like making fun of people who were drinking like the, the, the Linus Kugel, like berry, what, berry beer or whatever. And I would always be like, oh, God, they're so stupid. They don't know anything. And then like here I am like four years later just like completely going to town on mad tree shade like all day (laughs) it's like it's just funny how it sort of turned a corner well there's a difference between blackberries and uh fruit loops and right well that was what it was everybody's like oh my gosh it tastes like fruity pebbles yeah fruity pebbles yeah thank you yes yeah Yeah. Uh, big difference there yeah. Oh, yes. But then, I'm long but, past no, my but then, days. no one agrees. No one has a sense that that lead, that will lead people to, if they've tried a Lyman Kugelberry Shandy and they feel like, hey, man, that was really good. I really like the fruit beer, and it leads them to. And they accidentally pick up a bottle of Utopus a, or something. A key, <laughs> a, it, it leads them to a, a a key punch Goza or a Shade or a you Lime know a, 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 something of that nature. Let me tell you about the Lima Rita now. <laughs> no. It's, it's kind of like Key Punch. If you want to... <laughs> That's what we're going key for. Key Punch, it's just key, like Lima Rita. like uh, Bud Light Lime? Is that why you guys gonna, made that? <laughs> going to fly right across mm-hmm. this table after Dave Volkman. Uh, <laughs> now, let me tell you... <laughs> Let me tell you something about the Lima Rita, though. There are worse. There are worse ways to get there, if you know what I mean. There are worse I mean, ways to get true. drunk it's than the Lima Rita. It's basically like so. it's, it's like a, it's 
just like a margarita, except it's a malt beverage. It's, it's no, not it's just not like just a margarita. Like a margarita. Yes. Yes. That is it the is. worst. Is no, it is not. That is not. the worst answer ever. It's like, it's not like, like a margarita. I don't think it it's much different heartburn. from like the margarita, like the mix. A, well, that's not a margarita. A well-crafted margarita and a Bud Light lime margarita are not the same thing. <laughs> one tastes good, and I'm just one saying. tastes like Wilford Brimley in a can. <laughs> <laughs> There's another lighter. What is that? 104. Okay. We'll go, we'll go. <laughs> Wilford Brimley in a right, can. Fair enough. Uh, well, anyway, we have a, and then we'll let it deteriorate further, but I'm going to make an attempt to have some sort of uh, public statement on this uh, as promised to um, the uh, the guys at the guys at Brew Studs uh, did, uh, were, were uh, instrumental in trying to get a lot of, uh, a kind of a groundswell of, of, of support and backlash against uh, against Miller Coors' position uh, uh, among uh, Ohio's various beer bloggers and what I euphemistically call the craft beer press. Uh, so uh, this is uh, I'm going to read this statement now, and it says, "Since the Brewcast supports House Bill 68." The measure to raise alcoholic content of beers brewed and or sold in the state of Ohio from the current 12% ABV to 21% alcohol by volume. The reasons are many. The need for Ohio brewers to be able to compete with the quickly growing luxury craft and super premium segments of the craft beer movement, the products of which often exceed the current 12% limit. The right of Ohio consumers to be able to purchase and consume not only new Ohio beers produced under HB 68, but also to purchase and enjoy beers of higher ABV produced in other states, and the increased revenue, f revenue from consumers purchasing these generally higher-priced beers in Ohio, rather than states such as Kentucky, Indiana, and Michigan, where the ABV regulation is more liberal. Also, we feel a raise in the permitted alcohol by volume would enhance and propel further the entrepreneurial juggernaut, which is craft brewing in the state of Ohio. Since he <coughs> Brewcast also categorically rejects the testimony of Miller Coors Incorporated to the Ohio House concerning House Bill 68, they testified such ABV increase could confuse consumers, quote, who have settled expectations of the beer's taste profile and alcohol content, and further uh, testified quote, could blur the lines between other alcohol beverages such as wine and spirits. Well, we here at Cincy Brewcast think you, the beer consumer of the state of Ohio, are smarter than that. Whether you love craft IPA or stout or macro-brewed American light lager, you and your taste deserve more credit than Miller Coors seems to be willing to give you. And that is an insult to the beer drinkers and, frankly, all the consumers of alcohol in the state of Ohio. We encourage all of you to contact your state representative through ohiohouse.gov to let them know how you, <laughs> I'm sorry, we encourage all of you in Ohio to contact your state representative through ohiohouse.gov to let them know that you know your beer from wine and spirits, no matter what the ABV is, and for them to take positive action on House Bill 68. You can also contact Miller Coors through their website, millercoors.com. We have contacted since he brew has, Brewcast has contacted House Bill 68 sponsor Democratic Representative Dan Ramos of Lorraine and Union Township's own Republican Representative John Butler, who is a co-sponsor of the bill, to be interview, interviewed for Cincy Brewcast and also have asked a representative of Miller Coors to make themselves available for interview as well. <laughs> Our emails have not been returned, but we will keep you informed of further developments on this story. You mean Miller Coors doesn't want to talk to us? 
Well, we haven't gotten anything back from anybody yet. It won't. It doesn't shock me, but you know they're we'll, really we'll in tune with their Ohio customers. They said they well, have a very, very big base in in Butler County, according to their statement. And I really like they say. And I really like the <laughs> way that they're looking out for us. And I will continue to read that. Um, it's Trenton, there might. I will be, continue actually. to read that um, statement on uh, further and future Cincy well, Brewcast. Please add sound effects. We need it more. <laughs> in, in the what, what do you guys think? Are, are we full of it? Or am I, sound I, well, I mean, would, would you, uh, like, what would you do if you're running a $10 billion company and you need to, you think you need to protect your interests because you don't apparently want to innovate? How else would you go about it? Oh, I don't, yeah, I, I, I agree mean, with that. That's, it's certainly, it's certainly an expected reaction. If you, uh, if you have, have right no to desire that, that, to that reaction. if you have no desire to innovate and change, then yeah, they're doing the right thing. Exactly. And yeah, they're, if you're, they're doing you're afraid of change and you don't want to innovate, there you go. Just pay, try to buy them off or whatever you want right. to do. Like it sort of seems to me just like like a weird. I'm sure Rheingeist will buy the brewery when they close. <laughs> it just seems to me like such a weird like thing to say. It almost is like. Like I don't know, it's it to me. It feels sort of like just to get people talking about Miller Coors, because like, why would you feel the need to say that if you didn't want to be talked about? Well, it was their like, test. It was their testimony to the IRS. My problem. Oh, with to the IRS. It, I didn't know that. It was, it was their part. testimony. Okay. To I was like, the why are they like releasing the this statement? That was, that that was like, their <laughs> testimony to the House <laughs> of Representatives on why they feel that the alcohol by volume limit should not be raised. Okay. And what makes me mad, and what really got my chapped your ass, chapped my ass, and ground my gears, and put my you know, put, uh, is put my panties in a bunch, is the fact that here they are selling probably one of the worst consumer products ever. Not not necessarily not Flitamide. necessarily not necessarily that there's any yeah not necessarily that there's any. Have you been to a any, Sears lately? You're you're getting fanfare from from Periscope. Keep it going. But I'm telling you, it's not the worst. I, I, I'm telling you, it's 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 horrifyingly disgusting flavor. There goes that interview. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Listen, if we're going to the Oak, Mike have, never drank that. <laughs> if, if we're going to the Oak Tavern ne- after like Coors is like what if like people no. are like getting a bucket, I will get Coors in my bucket because Diesel somebody else light. is buying for it. Girlfriend oh. drank a billion Miller Lights this weekend. Okay, <laughs> she's I basically ninety. I'm starting to question everything we're doing. You know, here. You know no, what? No, you know what? Your daughters are drinking Miller. I'm just saying. If anybody wants to buy a really high-end broadcasting outfit, I'm letting it go for cheap. So <laughs> contact CincyBrewcast.com. Contact Mike Cisner, and we will sell. We're going to sell all this stuff at, at auction for pennies saying, on the dollar. I'm not going to like drink Coors Light every day, but like if it's there, there's a time and a place for everything. Hey, you don't think there's a time and a place for everything? Years ago. Oh yeah, you drank Coors Light when we got when Bocce got <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> wasn't, the, uh, wasn't the banquet beer back in your day like the the thing to drink? Like you couldn't even get it on this side of the Mississippi, right? Oh, that's right. It, oh, was, it was it was huge. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely huge. And still not a and still not a bad American light lager. I mean, really, but, honestly, you know, it's technically proficient. And by the way, Miller is a pilsner. It is. It is techni- technically it is proficient as for science labs. It's not for beer drinking. <laughs> Uh, sometimes good, good you know, like it, let's but, move past it. But, but look, if I if I want a cheap beer, I'll get you know, Hootie the Light I, or something I, like I, that. Just because you know it's it, you know if if you have to have it, 
I don't know. I it doesn't. It just doesn't sit right with me, and I don't. I, don't, I can't really I, I articulate. What why. I want to say is that that bashing beer, like beer that you don't like. That's not beer. <laughs> I mean, it's not <laughs> by definition. No, well, it's just. <laughs> let, let me tell you that no, definition I'm saying, has changed. I'm saying, why do you have to hop. say mean things about something that you don't <laughs> like? And is. I mean, I mean, Without, I mean this in all sincerity. Okay. If you statement, no, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Just turn my mic off. It's cool. No, I'm done. I, I lost what I was gonna say. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say it anymore. Well, I will say that I do appreciate Miller Lite and their triple hop at brewing, <laughs> and I also enjoy that Coors Light is cold brewed cold, from start to finish. Cold, cold brewed. I'm just saying. And when those mountains are white, it's cold. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a time and a place for everything, and just because you don't like it doesn't mean you have to say mean things about it. Just because you like good beer doesn't mean that a beer you don't like is bad. bad. I do. That's what I'm getting at. They speak for my older brother who loves the heck out of Bud Light, Bush Light, Coors Light. That's what he drinks. When he sees what we're drinking, he's like, what are you fucking drinking, motor oil? (laughs) Well, no, we're actually drinking good beer. Well, and that's what I'm getting at. I'm really sick. But don't block us from doing that and from drinking maybe a beer that's 13% 13% alcohol instead of right. and and that's that's where I come back to is it's not that people are drinking a light american lager there's there's plenty of of light american lagers that I would say you know okay I get it there's a time and a place for everything but it's 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 the the the, the attitude of these breweries that they don't want us to drink what we're drinking and they want to stop that, and you but know, we're just not drinking thirteen percent beer. We're drinking twelve percent beer, or whatever. Well, if I, like, but if I, but if I, you know, if I bring a bottle of 15 percent beer and plop it on the table, you're, you're going to drink it. And well, you, yeah, and I you, would, and and you would if we could I buy refuse. it on our shelf. You know, like <laughs> it, it, it's, it's listen, it's it's the as I said, what grinds my gears about this is 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 no slide whistle the balls that. A, <laughs> Or lack of major, multinational, international, multi-billion-dollar conglomerate like them, like Miller Coors, can say something like this. This is directly quoted again from their testimony to the Ohio House of Representatives. Miller Coors respectfully opposes increasing the state's ABV as the quote beverage of moderation end quote. Beer has long been enjoyed by customers within Ohio's current 12% ABV limitation. We see no compelling reason this should change. The increase could confuse consumers who have a settled expectation of beer's taste profile and alcohol content. Raising the ABV could blur the lines between beer and other alcohol beverages, such as wine and spirits. And that takes a lot of freaking nerve. You ask me that is by that is by definition a lack of balls. And that takes no. And try to tell consumers and people and the people of the state of Ohio, it's an insult. It's 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 saying that you're an idiot and you don't know the difference between. It's Whatever. fear. It's, it, it's, it's, it's a big of a deal. It's a lack of balls saying yeah, we don't want I don't. the. But well, see, the, you've that's, got, that's but, their prerogative. But when you've that's got when job. you've when you've got brew brew dogs moving into Columbus, it is a big deal. I don't really care. Well, that's kind of and my well, question. But, this is, well, but well, the United States does. Ohio does. No, there there is a there is a segment of craft drinkers that runs and seeks out these whales and seeks out these big extreme beers. You know, we you know, we may not do that, but 
you should be able to. But I mean, it's the problem is not Miller Coors. The problem is your representative. Like, forget Miller Coors, their company. Right. Yeah, that's that's like, it's this, it's this the works. exact same thing as Kathleen Dewey saying that she supports whatever Kasich in his presidential campaign. It's like a business making their own decisions and stating their beliefs. That's it's, all I'm, it is. And I'm who care. cares? Yeah. yeah. Well, about Honestly. confusion, though, I mean, there's, that's real. I mean, Josh bought a barley wine once and was pissed because it had no grapes in it. <laughs> <laughs> Did not know what was happening. He just had no clue. Yeah, we, like, we had to teach him about this style. Like, uh, start smashing. However, I will say, if I want to drink something that's like 20% or something, then I'll just get like, you know, a whiskey or a vodka or a gin. <laughs> or like, a bottle of wine. Or a bottle. Of, I, I haven't found my 20% bottle of wine well. yet, but... Um, but I mean, but there's so much good. What that's I want to know—that's what I want to know from the brewers sitting here—is like, what kind of doors would it open up to? What would what kind of changes would we see? I think you're asking the wrong brewery. Yeah, it's we a don't make anything question. over six percent as a flagship, so I I don't know. Yeah, not nothing. It would change nothing. <laughs> we right. we've got Sam Adams right on on Central Parkway, who for for for. All we know has some kind of brew pub or something like that that they are thinking about for Cincinnati or somewhere else. Triple digit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. Triple digit. You know, like, you know, like there, there, there are places that like to, to play with those lines that right now aren't allowed to. And like that, you know. Well, they if, can make it. They just can't, they just sell, can't it. sell it in Cincinnati like that. And that's absurd to me. You know, it, I don't know. I, not that everybody should have to do it. It should you should be allowed to. You should be allowed to. If you can make whiskey, why the hell can't I make a beer that's twenty percent? It just doesn't make sense. But like, is the demand for twenty percent beer? It there? doesn't matter. It doesn't like, matter on a small level. Maybe. See, I'm a free. I'm a freedom guy. I'm a. I'm freedom. A, I'm. I'm a. Yeah. You know. I'm a speech. You know. Right to bear arms. Uh, you know. Smoke Rocket. cigars. Do what. You know. Do what. You know. Be able to do what you think you want to as an adult, you know? I mean, and... <laughs> flag rocking eagle. And we have but flag no, behind him waving. It's, it's true, though. And uh, I just think that, that this kind of thing is garbage when it comes to... It is. You know, for, 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 for a multinational corporation to feel like they want to have my back... I <laughs> on I for one on drinking beer. from now on will boycott yeah. Miller Coors products. Uh, you know what? No, but you know what? I don't <laughs> done. But you know what? I don't believe in that crap either. I think people can can damn well do whatever they want and drink and drink whatever they want. If they like it, fine. If you like it, great. Uh, you know. And then, yeah, I, I admit I have I've had I've had it in the last two. Thank years, you, Periscope. You know, and and it just doesn't. Uh, you know. But anyway. <laughs> Listen, uh, that's 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 about all we got on that. <laughs> I got uh, a thought more. <laughs> huh? Do you have a thought more? Uh, listen, we'll be back with uh, much more after this on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Crab. We just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. You can also subscribe to the show on some of your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud. 
Just search Mike at Cincy Brewcast and search Cincy Brewcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast. Be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. A brand new way to interact, you can leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send us an email at cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with the voice of Cincy Craft, Cincy Brewcast. Again, think and drink local. That's on everything we have. Adam Cowan from Old Firehouse Brewing, uh, Think and Drink Local. It's about, that's about as concise as you can get um, from any from any standpoint, from any aspect, and really goes to what we were just talking about with uh, House Bill 68. As long as it's local, as long as it's Ohio, as long as it's Cincinnati, uh, you can't go wrong. And right now we're... Continue to be joined by uh, Brett Coleman Baker and Josh Elliott, uh, two of the top local brewers from Urban Artifact, and also another local craft beer entrepreneur, uh, Dave uh, Dave Volkman and Nina Volkman from uh, Ohio Valley Hops. And uh, we'll wind it down here uh, on Cincy Brewcast. Uh, what else has been going on over at the uh, at the at the Urban Artifact, guys? What's uh, well, uh, we just placed a order for some uh, our next couple beers. Um, the winter beer will be coming out in the next cu- couple weeks, and um, after that, we got a uh, a special wild beer that I don't want to say too much about yet coming out that um, I think people are really going to enjoy, and it potentially is going to be um, the fifth flagship for us as well, fifth and final flagship. So, okay. uh, so throw out a hint. There. Uh, no. Oh, you should have. You should have <laughs> thought of some kind of clever well, hand. I'm, I'm not clever, I guess. <laughs> we brewed a Stein beer Saturday. I was just going <laughs> to ask you that. That's what he was asking. That's and that's a big thing. Tell us about that. Tell us. How, tell us how it went. You originally invited us to come by and do a show or do some interviews or shoot some photographs and things like that. You know, life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were unfortunately unable to uh, come out, any of us. But uh, give us a little description and how that went. I saw some of the pictures. It looked really cool. Uh, it was really nice to brew outside. It was great weather. And we just literally boiled the beer with hot rocks. We heated it in the fire. <laughs> Best and, description of a Stein beer <laughs> ever. <laughs> and these were special rocks, magic rocks, uh, rocks from pet you rocks. Know, pet rocks. They Yes, they're all pet rocks. We are, <laughs> we are pet rock murderers. We burn <laughs> the hell out of them. These were stones that were originally part of the church or that you found in we the foundation? Or? So the city uh, didn't like our plan of coming off the street that was closest to the water main uh, in the church. And they said, you got to go off the street that's furthest away that also goes through your beer garden and your parking lot instead. So, you know, why not? Um, So we dug up our parking lot and we dug up our beer garden. And I guess, thankfully, we found a whole bunch of granite stones underneath our parking lot, like a lot, Um, like enough where the people digging up the the parking lot said, they're going to take these stones and sell them on Craigslist for $5 a pop. And I said, like, hell you are. I'm keeping these because they're mine. And uh, so... Get off my stones. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, more stones than uh, Miller Coors Brewing. And um, so we took those stones, cleaned them up, and uh, 
decided, hell, this would be great to make a Stein beer and uh, set Josh to work. And for our folks that are not necessarily brewery savvy or know exactly what, what exactly happens in the process, you heat the rocks up, stick them in the beer. It's that simple, right? We literally boiled the wort with hot rocks. We, like, so we started in fire. We started a fire at eight in the morning uh, with hardwood and it was just massive. Like we just burned the heck out of wood for four hours or more. And we had the stones underneath the fire the whole time. So we got them to about the size of uh, maybe a, a, a grapefruit, and that's the that's the stones, right? Yes, the stones. So we smashed them up because they came big bricks. So we uh-huh. smashed them with uh, sledgehammers. It was a lot of fun. And then uh, we put them in the fire, and we made a huge fire, heated them up for about four hours, and then um, when we were done sparging, uh, and we had all our work collected, we just started dipping in the hot rocks um, several at a time. Uh, we'd get about 20 degrees gain per set of like eight rocks. We take the rocks out then, put them back in the fire, pull off a whole nother set, put them back in, and we got up to about 212 degrees boiling temp. And uh, we'd just add a rock every like three minutes or so. We'd add a new granite rock uh, to keep that boil going. And it boiled like crazy. It's great. You put it in and it sizzles and it bubbles and it instantly caramelizes and it smells kind of like a little bit like buttery popcorn because you get wow. that, that much intense caramelization and wow. it's... It's it's a cool sight to see. That sounds fun as hell. I want to do it. And so, then, so why? Why not? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. I mean, we got these stones. I was gonna say it sounds like rocks. you're basically just having like a big fire all day. Like you got some beer and you're just standing there like watching stuff. Saw so some of the boil some of the tweets. The the snacks were good. I I read and the you know the beer was tasting good and it was a nice day and 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 and. What what better way to do it than to brew outside the it cooking, kinda, the, cooking it kinda, the hot rocks? It kind of brings it back to that that homebrew aspect too, where you you're all kind of hanging out around a kettle, watching your boil and just hanging out and drinking beer and and, and boiling wort. You know, it like was it's... the most paganistic thing I've ever done. <laughs> it might be. The Did most you guys wear clothes? Ever had. <laughs> we burned an effigy, which is. A... <laughs> Arrange the stones in a pentagram. You were out there Insert burnt, like Burning Man joke. type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, running run around with... The, Josh did get naked. Did you? Wow. <laughs> Please tell me t- just to a loincloth. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I, when when can we expect this hedonistic, uh, pa- uh, uh, paganistic sort of... Uh, so... Uh, it will be done fermenting in you know about a month or so, but we're gonna stick it in some uh, cooperage and let it cold age or lager for a while, and then uh, we have our Stein our Stein Club, um, which you can join on our website. And if you're a member at the end of the year, like which will be our anniversary in April, uh, not the fiscal or not the calendar year, our fiscal year, uh, which will be in April, uh, we'll have a giant Stein party for our Stein Club members. It will be open to the public as well. But our Stein Club members will get special benefits, which one of the big benefits will be only people to get access to this beer. And there, so, there are memberships still available, Yes, right? there is. Oh. Yes, which they are uh, prorated to for the year. So now that we're about halfway through our calendar year, um, the price is half off. Okay. And, and what is that? So we'll get some people to come out. and. Uh, I think we're at like uh, $88 or something for the next six months. Okay. All right, and then you have to re-up that every year. Or? Yep, and then you get to keep the Stein as well, and which uh, is a beautiful piece of uh, hand, handmade Stein at Funky Fired of, Arts. Uh, yeah, ceramic that's uh, just a worth worth the price alone. I it, it appears so. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Uh, 
It was handmade um, by a resident of Northside. Uh-huh. And um, in addition to that, you get uh, 20% off every uh, growler fill and uh, 20% off apparel and some other fun stuff as well. Uh, in addition to getting all your beers in the Stein, which is 20 ounces versus uh, 16. Awesome. Awesome. So everybody out there, uh, it, when you head over to uh, Urban Artifact tomorrow night for the uh, Calliope release, you can also uh, get your uh, Stein Club membership uh, going. Dave Volkman from Ohio Valley Hops and Nina, uh, I feel like we haven't really talked to you a lot, so tell us what's going on. I guess it's the winter time, so not much happening at the hop farm, but uh, I'm sure some stuff uh, that uh, that you that you're planning for next year. Yeah, actually, we we, we had some stuff happen since we last talked to you, oh, and we sure. got some things coming up. So. Nina, why don't you go first? Well, <clears throat> well, we had a statewide open house during the summer where um, about nine farms um, all participated and we invited people out to talk about hops and show them around our farms. And we had about 30 people show up asking really good questions. Some people them said, no, I can't do this. And others were like, yeah, we're going to look into this. So that was fun. Um, then um, OSU... Um, is, is we have a big partnership with OSU as right. uh, new hop growers. Um, they are, um, what are they doing? Well, they're, they're still out there. Uh, Brad Burgerford, he's a, he's a horticulturist mm-hmm. out, of, out of the Piketon office and a, and a county extension agent as well. Um, he's got what we call the Traveling Road Show. Still traveling around the state, a lot of interest. We think there will be a, a lot more people join us in this endeavor of growing hops throughout the state. As we talked about the first show, we could have thousands of growers in the state and still not meet the needs of our of our craft brewers and we just keep on adding them so um, that continues we've got a meetup coming up in october uh 24th up in columbus we're gonna have a growers meetup up at land grant brewing in columbus to talk about how the year went we um you know we had we had uh, some good times we had some bad times depends on who you were and what you were doing with the weather with bugs with you know stuff and just try to continue to improve our quality so that we have got all across the state a product we are proud to deliver and that, that provides you know beers like we had tonight with with calliope also um just from talking to the um, various growers around the state um it seems like we put in 200 additional plants everybody pretty much expanded um this year so hoping more hops better weather uh, more varieties um yeah, and I and I think really the 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 uh, sort of the the peak of this will be in February. We've got a conference up in Worcester, and this year we're not doing it with the craft brewers, which is a shame. But uh, that was a, a great you know a lot of synergy going on there. But we'll, the hop growers will be meeting up in, in Worcester at the Ohio State facility up there uh, for two days to again you know improve our our craft, um, do better at what we're doing, continuing education for people who are already in it reality check for those people who are thinking about doing it so we're we're just looking forward to a, a great future here for hops in ohio and just real quick talk about the uh involvement of the ohio state extension service because i think that's is that is, there's something limited uh to that is there not they have a limited amount of money or a limited yeah, they, amount of um, funds that they can provide or 2012 i think um Ohio State is always looking in their in their agricultural extension at what can we grow in Ohio that's not being grown here that um, we're sending money out of state. And, and with the craft brewing boom, and you think about how much it's grown since 2012, it's even bigger today than then. 
hops came up on their radar and they, um, they, they've been spending some money and received some grants and now involved in pursuing a multi-state grant. Seven Midwestern states are going for, for a, a multi-million dollar grant out of USDA to continue to push the research to make sure um, we understand uh, all, all of the different requirements because the research out there right now is directed at Oregon, Washington, Idaho, where, where the vast majority of our hops are grown. We've got different weather conditions, different bugs, different uh, pests, different funguses. What can we do here to, to produce the highest quality hop possible for these, for these great beers in the Midwest? And just real quick for anybody out there that might be interested in pursuing it or if they have some interest in, in, in the business, uh, what, what are some resources they can uh, get onto and, uh, and find out more? Ohio State, and uh, I, I think if you get on Facebook and check um, Ohio Hops, um, Ohio State's got a website or a, a, a Facebook page and, and a website they run out of the Piketon um, South Centers. Uh, with a little bit of ingenuity there and you know a little bit of effort you can find out I wish I had a web website for you um, I'm a director in the Ohio Hop Growers Guild we have a website www.ohgg.org um, we're still working on getting it up to full speed but through there you can contact us we also have a Facebook page get on there and um, you know send us a message we'll, we'll, we'll get in touch with you and help you out and get you to the right people the right places and the right events Okay, and of course, uh, can I can we also give out OhioValleyHops.com? That's how I got oh, a hold of you. Absolutely, so. <laughs> and, 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 and uh, we we have we have hosted probably thirty five to forty people interested in hops who either contacted us because they found us on a on a you know a Google search or were driving by the place and saw these big tall poles and cables and said I think that might be hop plants. We're, we're always happy to talk about this. Um, it'll be a long time before there's competition in hops in Ohio. And we figure the more people grow on hops, the better it is for Ohio beer and Ohio beer drinkers. Very yes. much, very much like the craft beer, uh, industry uh, itself. So, uh, okay. Listen, um, so once again, tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow afternoon, actually 4 PM urban artifact brewing the Calliope fresh hop hopped with Ohio Valley hops. We'll be dropping, uh, into your, into your Stein club Stein. And uh, then you go over there and purchase your Stein Club membership and, and anything else going on. I know you guys have lots of entertainment and bands and music. and Yeah, we do shows six to seven nights a week. And um, for all the other brewers out there listening, if uh, you're intrigued by what Dave's doing, I, I highly recommend you don't go out there because there's mud. <laughs> and uh, his hops are just, you know. It's terrible just, out there. Just, don't, just, don't go. Just, just let Josh and I handle it. We got it covered. It, I mean, but Dave will hook you up with another hop grower. Yes. <laughs> hops for all. Ohio hops for all. And it, anyway, come down to the taproom. We got tons of stuff going on. Brett Coleman Baker, Josh Elliott from Urban Artifact. Dave Volkman and Nina Volkman from Ohio Valley Hops. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. It was a great show. It was everything that I thought it would be and more, and we really enjoyed it. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank it was you a guys. lot of fun. Thank you very much. And uh, so that about wraps it up for us. Uh, Tina Cisneros down at uh, Oakley Pub and Grill, and Angie Cisneros, what's going on down there? Anything good on tap? I don't know. Am I allowed to talk about the Flip Cup tournament again? Oh, uh, you can talk <laughs> about the Flip Cup tournament as long as they use craft beer. Um, no, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's we talked about the flip cup tournament last okay. year, last week, so we don't I mean, have to discuss just, it. Just come, come see by, us. Good food, give us good money. Beer. Tip us like you know, a hundred percent. Yeah, and that's how we pay what, our bills. What's the name of the flip cup tournament? <laughs> it's just the Oakley Pub flip oh. cup tournament. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Man, on Halloween, and you have to come in costume or you're not allowed to play. And five people to a team, seventy-five dollars a team. 
T-shirt, beer. Um, t-shirt, beer. Theme song? Huh? Theme song? Flip, flip, flip. Flip Adelphia. Adelphia. Yeah. Right. But we'll have to figure it out to like for Oakley instead of Philadelphia. Yeah. The Gnarly Gnome at the uh, Show notes are coming down Wednesday and... Uh, Lots of events this week in beer that we didn't even get a chance to cover, so get on there and, and check it all out. Get on the gnarlygnome.com and check it out. Uh, also check out www.cincybrewcast.com. Thanks for joining us. My name is Mike Cisneros, and you've been listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Yeah, nice job. Thank you, Periscope. Guys. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, Periscope. Thank you. We enjoyed it very much. Bye. Time to cross the leaf. <laughs> We're going to go argue about macro beer now.